Good morning, everyone. You're ready to run through the Bible? <laughs> we missed last week, so we got some catching up to do. Last week, we uh, ended up over here in Moab, so we'll go back there in just a little bit. But let me give you uh, just a quick uh, update on where we are on our pastor search. Uh, we uh, told you that we hope to have somebody here to we could introduce to you in January. Well, this is January 31st. We haven't done it yet. But a couple of snowstorms and holidays and just life has stretched it out. So we hope to have something to you soon. Uh, but just know that we are still working on that and moving head way into uh, getting someone in here. So uh, be praying for us as we continue to do that. But until then, we're uh, going to continue our walk through the Bible. And just to catch you up, we're going to walk through from the very beginning. I'm not going to make you get up and chant and go all the way back. But I do want you to um, walk through with me. And I know you may have not been here each time, but for those parts that you do know and remember, how about doing those with me? And you'll just see how everybody else is doing it. I'm going to do it um, fairly slow so you can follow the, the storyline because that's the important thing. What we're doing with this walk through the Bible is trying to give you an overview of the Old Testament, sort of a 3,000-foot overview looking in. We're not going deep down into it. We'll do those at other times for other sermons and in your life groups and things like that. But for this period, we're just kind of looking over, trying to put the whole picture together so we get a, a grasp of how everything fits together. You know, God had a plan even before it was all created. He knew what he was going to do. And now we're just watching that plan unfold. And so as we walk through, each thing connects to another where God was laying out his plan of redemption for all of us. And so it's a perfect plan, and we want to make sure we understand how it all fits together. So we're going to do that by going all the way back to the beginning. So everybody... With me, don't make you stand up. You can just do it right where you are, but don't, don't knock your neighbor in the eye or anything, all right? So we'll start here with nothing in our hands, and that's where it all started when God created. So creation, fall, flood, nations, 4,000 years, Ur, Persian Gulf, salt, Sarah, Abraham, Lot, Terah, Tigris, Euphrates, Haran, Paradise, Sea of Galilee, Jordan River, Dead Sea, Mediterranean, Israel, Ishmael, Isaac, Esau, Jacob, Joseph, Egypt, Jews, Egypt, 400 years, bondage, Moses, let my people go. No, ten plagues, Passover, Red Sea, Mount Sinai, Law, Tabernacle, Levites and priests, Offerings and Feasts, Counting the Faces, Kadesh, Oasis, Twelve Spies, Wanders, Dies, Moab, Moses, let me get that right. Don't do that. I did bad on that one. Moses is a strong leader, even though it's towards the end of his life. He's still a strong leader. So let's go back to Moab. Moses, second law, dies. All right, and that's where we ended there. So, good job. Not many of you fell out on that. You kept with me. Even if you didn't know it, I think you were just watching a little, <laughs> going a little, a little staggered there. But that was good. So we got us back over here. We are still wandering in the wilderness at Moab. Um, so what we're going to do is now we're going to look over into the promised land. We have a new leader that's come on board. Moses has come to the end of his life. He wanted to tell the people 
what is most important, how they're going to be able to live in community and society and what's going to make their life uh, meaningful. And so he went back to where he started with the Ten Commandments. And he did it in three sermons and gave the second law. So it took him three sermons to do it, to do Ten Commandments. Um, but he wanted to know what was, so imp- what was the most important thing and relay that to the people. And as he did, he also left them with a new general, a new person in charge. And this general is Joshua. So we're just going to salute him and say, Joshua. Joshua was the new leader. And he's going to bring us into the promised land. But to get there, we have to go over this body of water right here that runs from the Sea of Galilee to the Dead Sea. What is that river? That river? Jordan, all right? So we've got another J. Kind of make it easier for you to remember, kind of settle these things in. So we've got Joshua, and we're going to cross over the Jordan, and we're pointing to, to, they're coming from the east of Jordan, coming over to the west. So we'll do Joshua, Jordan. When they came over into the into over the Jordan, into the promised land, there's a town, a city, a fortified city in the center of the land. They came there, and these walled cities, they were trying to find out how are we going to overcome this city? What can we do? Now, there were a lot of people over there. You remember how many I told you? Anybody remember how many people were in the wilderness there? There were 600 fighting men, 600,000 fighting men. 600,000. Now, we multiplied that by three because they've got 600,000 fighting women, 600 fighting kids, so we've got about two to three million people over there. But these 600,000 men, as they're coming over the Jordan, and as they come to this fortified city, it's still a lot of men. I've got a fighting force, but these fortified walled cities, they didn't have anything really to overcome that. So when they looked and Joshua thought about what the battle plan was, they didn't have any battering rams. They didn't have any cannons to shoot into the walls to tear them down. They didn't know how they were going to get into the fortified city. So they've been relying on God for 40 years in the wilderness. When they go into into Jericho, they're going to trust him there too. So as they come there, they ask God, what is our battle plan? Joshua got the orders straight from God. And as he did, he said, men, here's what we're going to do today. Our battle plan for fighting Jericho is to walk around the walls. Think about that. They're ready to go out and charge the hill, and he says, we're going to walk around the walls. So there they go, walking around the walls. Oh, we oh. Oh, 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 so they walk around the walls, and okay, Joshua, that was good. They know we're here. All right, everything's good. Now what are we going to do? The next day they go out to battle, and he says, today's battle plan is to walk around the walls. And so there they go, walking around the walls. They do that for six days, walk around the walls. Been doing this for a week. Nothing's happening. Joshua, what are we going to do? I mean, you've got to come up with something better than this. What is it? Today, we are going to do something. On the seventh day, what we're going to do this time is walk seven times around the walls. And there they go, marching around the walls. Seven times they marched around those walls. Come around the seventh time. You think the people of Jericho are just laughing at them. They're looking over and seeing what a crazy group this is. What do they think they're doing as they walk around the seventh time? They blow the trumpets at the end. And those who didn't have trumpets yelled. 
And at that moment, the walls of Jericho, this fortified city that they could not get in, God made those walls collapse, and they were able to take over the city. Now, why would he do it that way? If this army of 600,000 fighting men had gone up against that wall and decided, we can take this land, and we can take this little city ourselves, and they would go and fight and defeat them, they would be too quick to say, look what we have done. Look what we can do to every one of you. And it wouldn't be soon till they'd be defeated, and they'd be no more. But God said, this is my battle. I'm the one who's the powerful one here. You follow what I say. No matter how, how silly it looks, no matter how outrageous it sounds, if you do what I ask you to do, the victory will be yours. And so what they were used to doing, they didn't do. They do, did what God had asked them to do, walked around that wall seven times, and the walls fell down flat, and God got the victory. So our sign for Jericho, we've got three J's together here, Joshua, Jordan, and Jericho. For Jericho, these are going to be our walls, our fortified city, and they're going to fall down flat, and it's like a, a tree falling. When you say, Timber, we're going to say, Jericho! All right? Now, those of you who really know what happened at that time and the archaeologists have seen how those really did fall, they realize that the, the walls fell out from the city. They fell out. So if we were really to do this correctly, our arms would have to go all the way out, but I can't make my arm do that. So we're not going to do that. We want to keep, keep intact today. So they're going to go inward, all right? We're not going to fall out, but inward. And so we're going to say, with those three J's with me, okay? Say them with me. Joshua, Jordan, Jericho. All right, they come into the city. They defeat Jericho. That's number one. There are 32 cities that they've got to overtake. 32 battles they've got to do. They've defeated the first. And they had a strategy of when they came into Jericho. Their strategy was to divide and conquer. So what we're going to do, we're going to take our hands like a wedge and wedge it right into the middle of the promised land here and say, divide and then conquer. All right, do that with me. Divide conquer. And their plan was to first have a, a battle clear out the south, so that's the direction of the south, all right? So we're going to point south, and then they did the north, and we're just doing it in the direction, so point this way, north. So it's divide, conquer, south, north. Divide and conquer. That was what they wanted to do because they needed to split the uh, country in half, do the campaign to the south, but while they were there, there was another city about the center of this area. We're not going to deal with that battle, but I'll just tell you, that's the only one, the next one they lost. They went 32 battles, and they were 31-1. and one. Pretty good record. But you need to find out why they, they lost that uh, one battle. So you read in Joshua, and you'll find out why they did it. But divide and conquer was their plan. And that's been a battle strategy forever. If we can divide the enemy, and we can keep them from each other. We can take care of one side, and then when they're done, we'll take care of the other. We've been doing this forever. You remember when you were a little kid, and you wanted to get something from your parents, or you wanted to get permission to do something? You never asked them when they were together, did you? You waited till they were apart. You get one that said, can we go, can we go, can we go? And your mom would say, well, if your dad says it's okay, it's okay. Thinking, I'll have time to get to him, we'll discuss it, and he'll say no. But then you run quickly to dad and say, hey, dad, can we go, can we go? And he says... Well, if your mother says it's okay, so there you go. You got it. You divided and you conquered. You get to go. She said, if you said, then we're going. So it's a battle strategy you've been doing 
forever. But it's not just battle strategy or even with kids. Our, our advocate, the devil, uses that too. He likes to divide us. In relationships, husbands and wives, if he can put some kind of division between them, that he can, can feel like this is where I need him. If I can divide them, they won't be a strong force like God wants them to be. If he can get a division between you and your kids, if he can put something between you to keep you from, from building the relationships you need and what God wants, then he can know that he's going to divide and conquer. He does it in his church, in this church, in other churches, everywhere. If he can know that he can get a division in the church, then he can divide and conquer that church. But we don't want to let that happen. We're not going to let that happen. We're going to get, eventually, where we're going to end up today is at the United Kingdom, and that's where we're going to show where Israel was strongest. And even though that was their battle plan to divide and conquer, they knew when they were going to be strongest was when they were the United Kingdom. So the battle plan was divide, conquer, south, north. Then after they um, divided the land, they had to settle it too. They had to... They, they took over the battles, uh, they won all those battles, and now it's time to settle in the land. Now, there were 12 tribes, all representing the sons of Jacob. Now, we didn't go into all those names, but they did still follow, their tribes were well known, and so they each needed a place to settle in the land. So the land was divided up, even a little bit east of the Jordan, but all this land was divided up between the 12. So what we're going to do, we just divided for the battle strategy, but we're also going to divide to settle the land. So we'll do the same hand sign for divide and go divide and then settle, like dust is just settling down. We had the battle and the dust is risen and now the dust is settling. So it's divide, settle. And how many tribes were there? 12. So we're going to divide it up in 12 chops already. So you're going to do 12 tribes. All right, let's put that together. Divide, settle. 12 tribes. Good, good. Let's go back to Joshua, see if we can put all that together. Joshua, Jordan, Jericho. Divide, conquer. South, north. Divide, settle. 12 tribes. Now that we were divided in the land, they settled down, they needed some help to keep things straight. So this is where we come up to the period called the Judges. All right, we just finished the book of Joshua. That's all those hand signs we did. We're in the book of Joshua. Now we're moving to the time of the Judges. Not a, not a good time. Um, they're settling in and need some help. And these Judges um, were not all judicial Judges where they settled uh, disputes between the people, but they were they were military judges. They were they were military commanders, and they would come and help the people uh, defeat other nations that were trying to come in to conquer this land. Because remember how important this land is. Now that they've conquered it, they still have to keep it because it's a vital land that links three continents, a major travel for trade and things like that. So it's important land. So a lot of people want it, but it's promised to God, God's people. And so as they want to keep it, they need judges to help them. And part of the problem with it was while they were settling in, sometimes they settled in too well. They got comfortable with where they were and what they were doing and just forgot about God. And they'd do things more out of their own nature, more than looking to what God wanted. That's when God would send a 
a nation against them to kind of wake them up. So as the nation would come in, they, they would need a judge, a leader, to help fight this, this nation off. And so a, a, a judge would rise. God would put his hand on someone to help them through this. They would conquer the people and, and still keep the land. They would realize they need to follow God. And all over again, they're praising him and thanking him for what he's done. Until the time period after that happened, they'd settle in again, get comfortable, start doing things the way they wanted to, forgetting about God, back all over again. There were cycles that we go through. There are 13 judges in the book of Judges. 13 judges that, that they're, they're working with, and there are seven cycles that they go through of where they forget about God, get settled in in their own way, a nation rises up against them, comes to attack them, they cry out to God for help, God sends them help with another judge, and then they are back praising God for what he's done until they cycle again and go through that seven different times. And as they do that, God continues to send them judges. We're going to talk about three, three specific judges. The first one is a female. God used her in a special way. The men at that time, there was a military leader, but he was too scared or didn't really have that real connection with God, so he wasn't real sure about going into the battle, and he didn't step up. So he looked to Deborah for help. And Deborah said, I'd be glad to help you, but let it be known that if this battle is won, it's not because of anything you've done, not because of anything I've done, that God's going to give us the glory. And so God did. He showed up and gave them the victory. Now this one, you know, if they put a lot of the Old Testament's history into to movies, this one would be R-rated. It's very violent, and uh, it goes into great detail about how they defeated the army. So if you want to read about that, you can go to the book of Judges, read about Deborah, how she defeated um, the army. And after that, she gave God the glory. So we're going to remember Deborah by her long hair, all right? So we're going to just take our hand on her head and swoop it down, put a little curl on the end and say Deborah, all right? Now we're going to talk about Samson. You remember Samson had long hair too, so we need to distinguish between the two. So Deborah has long hair, and a little flip on the end, all right? So that's just Deborah. The second one we're going to talk about is Gideon. Gideon's a great story of someone who is not confident why God chose him. It's, no one would know other than God knew that he was the one to lead the people. And he questioned him. He put out a fleece. You've heard the story about the fleece of, God, if this is what you want me to do, do this. Well, I don't encourage you to do that. He did it for, he did it for Gideon. He had to do it twice because Gideon wasn't confident, but he did it twice. So Gideon knew that he was the one to do it. So he takes about 30,000 men to battle, and God whittles it down to about 300. Another way of saying, it's not you. It's not the number. It's not the power that you have. It's my power, even in a small number of like 300, to defeat another nation. Great story. You need to read that. Book of Judges. Find that out. So Gideon, with his fleece, he talked about wanting it to be wet, and so we're going to wring out the fleece, all right? Say Gideon. So it's Deborah, Gideon, and then Samson. It's one of my favorite hand signs. You can be as creative as you want to. Samson, Samson remember, was a strong man. He was a strong, weak man is what he was. He was either the strongest, weak man or the weakest, strong man. I don't know. But either way, 
Why God used him is another question. But God used him. And in his final hour, he brought the house down. So read that story and you'll know what I mean. So, the, so the, this one is up to you. This hand sign is yours. He was like a bodybuilder. So when we get ready, we're going to go, Deborah, Gideon, Samson. <laughs> All right? So get your greatest pose on, however you want to do your bodybuilder. You show me your muscles, show me those guns, and we're going to do it. All right? So do those three together. Deborah, Gideon, Samson. Good job. All right. So let's put all those together. We were over here in Moab where Moses gave a second law and then died. And then it was Joshua, Jordan, Jericho. Divide, conquer. South, north. Divide, settle. Twelve tribes. Then, I'm sorry, I left out some we need to fill in here. The next thing after we do the twelve tribes we're going to pull our gavel down and say judges because this is the time of the period. I'm sorry I didn't I left that out. Judges and it lasted how long do you think? 400 years. Good, good. So let's let's do uh, the 12 tribes. 12 tribes, judges, 400 years. Deborah, Gideon, Samson. And then we come <laughs> we come to what I think is probably the saddest verse in all the Bible. It comes at the last verse of the book of Judges, a very sad time in the life of Israel. It sounds like if you just read the first part of it, it sounds good. And let me just do the hand signs and I'll talk you through it. But what it is is everyone did what was right. Now that sounds good to begin with, but that's not the complete verse. It was everyone did what was right in his own eyes. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. Aren't you glad we don't live in a time like that? No. There are reasons we can't do what's right in our own eyes. There are times when we counterdict what other people want and, and, and have a right to, and we step on toes and things like that. So there's a time when we need not to do what's right in our, our own eyes, but for what is right in God's eyes. And so when we do this, when we look at that verse, let's remember, I don't need to do what's right in my eyes, but what is right in God's eyes. That's what counts. So let's say this verse together, and what we're going to do, we're going to start with ourselves, because we're all included in this. Everyone, and then just the battle, bow of submissiveness, submissiveness, rightness, did what was right in their own eyes, except... And that's the greatest news of the gospel. There's always an exception. Talked to you last time about a remnant that's always there. There's always an exception. And even though in the darkest hours of this time of selling the promised land, when they weren't looking to what God wanted, but only what they wanted in their own eyes, there were two exceptions. Now, we'll get to those next week because those two exceptions are going to lead us into the United Kingdom. We're going to leave the period of the Old Testament, I mean, I'm sorry, the, the judges, the period of the judges, and move into a period of United Kingdom. And when we do that, we'll see how strong the nation of Israel can be. Their best days are ahead. So you don't want to miss next week, because that's when we really get into the good stuff about how strong the nation of Israel is. So let's think about where we've been today. When we crossed over the Jordan into the Promised Land, we learned that strategic battle plan of divide and conquer 
we've got to keep that away by not doing what's right in our own eyes, but looking to God and what's right in His eyes and follow Him. No matter how silly or strange or out of the ordinary it looks, if we'll follow Him, He'll give us the victory and we'll praise Him for it. And all of this is leading us down the path to our Savior, Jesus Christ. If there were no exceptions at this time, there would be no line that would lead us to Jesus. But because of one of these exceptions that we'll see next week, it's going to lead us down to the lineage of Jesus Christ. And that's why it's so important to know these stories. That's why it's so important to get it right in your own life. That it's not just a story, but it is your story. It's a relationship that Jesus wants to have with you. It's a plan that God has for your life. Just as he planned out the life of Israel, he says, this is just an example of what I'm doing for each one of you. I've got a plan for you. I want to show you what it is. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you that you do have a plan. That you do have a purpose for our life. Father, just as the nation of Israel had to look to you for the victory in all the battles they faced, Lord, help us to know we've got to look to you too. That we can't do it without you. And the only way we can do it with you is that we have a relationship with you. So I pray now that as those who sit here and have heard these stories, that if they realize that they don't have a direct connection with them, they might need that. Lord, help them to seek that out, to turn to you, to begin that relationship even today, to know that you are the one who has all the answers. You are the one that gives us directions. You are the one who helps us live this life in, a, in an abundant way, in an exciting way. You didn't leave us here just to make us trudge through life, but you have a plan and a purpose. So we thank you for that. We ask you to, to bless this time as we look to you. In Jesus' name, amen.